Today I'm joined by Paul Vernon and his fiancée Kelsey Smith. Paul is a UK artist, filmmaker and photographer with award-winning films, international festival selections and self-published photo books. He's currently working on his film Spirit in the Unearth Art Collective, curating and designing his new museum Vortex as part of his label Captain Cowboy and has started working with AI illustration tools towards virtual exhibitions, exploration, experimentation, and fresh narratives. He was educated with a BA and MA degree in filmmaking at the Northern Film School in Leeds. Paul is internationally screened award-winning filmmaker, author, and artist whose work has been selected in places such as London Short Film Festival, at the ICA, BAFTA, San Diego, Comic Con and LACMA, with press coverage by the BBC and film commissions for the Danish Arts Foundation, as well as collaboration with the Arts Council England. He has also authored two books, one being Strange Space, an inquisitive gaze at ignored architectural splendor, intricate mundanity, and the soul of its nuances. Kelsey has a science background as a qualified dispensing optician educated at Anglia Ruskin University, recently becoming the manager of her own store for company The Eye Place in London. She has also a creative streak where she crafts gifts stone um, materials and has acted and has helped Paul curate and install his two recent exhibitions. Thank you both for joining us today. We'll start by asking if you can tell us a bit about your background. Oh, hi, Anum. Um, uh, well, I started um, filmmaking probably probably at secondary school when I was um, I was studying drama and I decided I wanted to um, control and direct the pieces. Um, and then I went to college and studied film, went to university, studied film, um, left and started making short films, and dance films and promos. Um, and then around 2018, I started looking back at my photography um, and that was kind of the point when I started realizing I think maybe I'm probably suited to more thinking of myself as an artist than a filmmaker and started using different mediums um, to kind of portray my stories and, and other things. Fantastic. That's really interesting. Um, um, and Kelsey, what about yourself, please? So I began in working in the optical industry when I was 18 and 15 years later, still there. I didn't go to university straight away. I worked my way up in the optical industry and got my degree and then became manager. And uh, that's where I am. I very much enjoy what I do. And yeah, that's uh, that's about me. Well, congratulations, Kelsey, on your recent promotion. Thank um, you very much. Manager. Fantastic. Um, Paul, what motivated you to go into filmmaking? Um, I think, I think when I was quite young, 
I think I used to have these conversations with my mum and my sister and my um, my nan, and we'd be talking about things like the Twilight Zone, so a series from the fifties, and about Hitchcock. And there were always these kind of mysteries in my head that I I wanted to watch these films, and I think that seed planted itself. And I think I think that's because I've kind of thought about this because I kind of feel like I've just always been doing it but I think it's those seeds that um, were planted um, but then funnily enough when I actually went to college I was actually wanted to make action films and watch Hong Kong cinema and do that kind of thing but then it kind of went full circle and then then I was watching Fellini and Antonioni and Tarkovsky and Bergman um, and David Lynch and and that's kind of where my inspiration uh, comes from and sort of motivation although I also in that kind of period and um, when I went to university, I started thinking, well, who influenced like my favorite filmmakers? Because although obviously there were, you know, filmmakers obviously before them, who influenced them really? So I started looking at painting, um, uh, like Casper, David Friedrich, that's like one of my favorite painters. I don't know a lot about painting, but I feel quite influenced by it. And also the way I might compose an image and things like that. And also the way I might sort of reject the way you are supposed to compose an image which is kind of quite um freeing as well that's incredibly interesting um and a really um interesting perspective into sort of what motivated you into the filmmaking industry what are the challenges and wow moments in filmmaking um i think recently like when me and Kelsey have been working on the spirit film, you know, I, I, I said to her, you know, when we're filming, I want, I, if anything comes to you, like an animal, we're thinking more like a, a dog in a park, <laughs> like, you know, just like interact with it. Like it can, the film is sort of in itself, although it's a narrative and you're like a character, I like to blend it with documentary. Um, And when we went in, we had, we had dogs and we had, what did we, we had like a Robin, Robin, yeah. Yeah, a robin came up to us and was sort of flying around us. I think you might have seen a little bit of this. And then I noticed some another bird with it. And I was filming that bird, really sweet bird. When I looked it up later, I realized it was actually a baby. It was this baby. And I don't know whether it was coming to us because it was a little bit scared or coming to us because it was showing us its baby. And then another day, I was filming the kind of point of view shots going through the forest he's kind of gliding through the forest and this cat just jumped out of the bush and like almost scared me to death and he like fell over but it created this great shot where the cat jumped in front of the camera so it was just this quite a strange kind of ethereal kind of experience really because I didn't really expect there to be these animals um almost like these kind of spirits you know just play on the words kind of coming into the film um Kelsey did you have you had something else you were you were saying that Paul set up a shot where he was looking at he was taking shots of um a pond or a lake and he was just trying to get the image of the lake but then when he went back and looked at the images he realized this rat was walking into the shot as if it was supposed to be there it was really yeah that was so strange it was it was it was, I was just, I'd only just got to the lake and I'd set that up. Yeah, I was trying to think what what was the other, I knew there was another one. I set this shot up and I was looking at just like the ripples on, on the um, on the lake. And then when I looked at it on the computer, when I put it on um, my editing software, 
just this this rat just perfectly walks like on the bottom of the frame across the frame you know I showed Kelsey and she was kind of looking at me like did you (laughs) almost like I directed this rat to perfectly walk across the frame and sort of stop in the middle and then kind of walk on and I hadn't even noticed and it was only a few meters away um so it was really strange and it kind of adds to this sort of ethereal quite sort of uncanny feel of the film and then certainly something I want to kind of capture when I've totally finished it it's incredibly interesting you know all these different experiences that you've had and moments of what what seems like coincidence or you know working working itself out um um Kelsey touching upon your experiences because you're also involved in this film what are the challenges and wow moments for you I think it's difficult because I don't have any any background in acting whatsoever. So suddenly you have to, you're in a park and sort of there are people walking past you and you're trying to, I don't know, stroke a tree because Paul wants me to do that in the shot. And it's sort of, that was a bit of a challenge for me because I'm not, the, I'm fairly shy, so I'm not the most confident person. So that took a little bit of um of getting over for myself. But the wow bit was seeing how Paul captured me I've never seen myself like that before so it kind of gave a nice perspective to me and how I look you know you know you look at yourself in the mirror but you never look at yourself back on film and it's that was quite a quite a wow moment for me really that that he could take such beautiful images of me (laughs) oh that's really wonderful to hear you know and then sort of also, you're being very courageous into sort of venturing out into this new field. And it sounds like both of you are doing really well in, in that and sort of also enjoying the process as well. Now, Paul, you are also an artist and an author. Um, tell us about the concept behind your recent exhibition. Um, well, it's mainly like a documentary um photo exhibition and it was a group exhibition called uh, Doc Photo 8 in Leicester. Um, I sort of saw it as an extension of my solo exhibition from last year Um, but I added I sort of so so last year I I put together my um, watercolours series which was um, it's basically the seasons of a pond and I've kind of obscured the um, orientation and and it's very, how would you say? Um, I was probably, I probably going to keep using the word ethereal. It sort of has an ethereal feel. And then I have a lot of pictures of handwritten notes and ephemera in the city and architecture and things by the seaside. And it's totally different. Um, sometimes just a very quick picture you just have to grab very quickly because it's gone straight away. And I wasn't really sure what to do with these pictures. And I had them physically printed because I make dummy books for my photo books. I just stick in and move around. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put them up as a grid. So I threw them up. And when people came to the exhibition, it was it was quite an interesting revelation for me because the pictures that I'd taken a long time to edit and think about and really compose and all those kinds of things, people liked them, but they were really way more interested in this big photo grid of these kind of strange moments and um, things like that. So when I got to this next exhibition, I sort of supersized that idea and I pretty made it about three or four times as big across um, a long, long wall. Um, so I did that and then I uh, also used my instant film pictures and I hung them up with um, 
with the wall against the wall. And then I also included uh, a new section of AI pictures, which is stuff I've been working on. But I just used, I didn't use too much of the AI stuff because I felt like I haven't really, I've just started doing it. And I kind of just, I always kind of think that when someone maybe comes to an exhibition, it's nice to maybe, not that I've done that many, but there might be the kind of concept of leaving someone with something. And then when they come back or they follow you online or, or are interested in your work, that they actually, um, you sort of would leave them for a taster, a, a kind of teaser for the next thing you might kind of move on to, uh, which is what I did. So, Kelsey, you've also assisted with the exhibition set up. Um, what was that experience like for you? Well, I kind of, I kind of put myself key as being the assistant, really. I know Paul has a vision and I basically just... You know, I'll give little inputs in how he wants to set up, but at the end of the day, it's how he is just putting what he sees in his head, what he has planned out and making it work, really. So if that's trying to attach small pegs to a bit of string and work out how we're going to attach it to the ceiling or, you know, other creative ways of trying to make exhibitions a bit more lively, it's um but then the day I feel like it's Paul's vision and it's important to get it how he wants it to be you know he if he has to boss me about for the day that's absolutely fine it's his it's his work and I, I like to reflect and look at his work and his work's amazing and you know I'm so proud of everything he's achieved so it's 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 an honor to be able to put it to how he would like it to be really I would say though, because um, I think you're being kind of quite modest. Because he when... says this all the time, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> because, because because I the thing is is that I'm quite I am I'm like a strange kind of mixture of I I wouldn't say I was a perfectionist, but I've got a I've got a definite form. Like I sketched out all kind of different ways it could go up with what I had, like the wall space I had and what I had to put there. But I also know because of making films something will go wrong like guaranteed but if you think nothing will go wrong then then it's a problem but if you know things will go wrong you just become malleable in the situation you just accept that changes you know that means something else good will happen so like when we were there for example the wall space slightly changed which was slightly different but actually it was much better really than what I had actually originally got and had a much wider space but with putting the pictures up I because I know that Kelsey sort of quite knows my work and then kind of knows me like I said to her you know you put the pictures this is like the big large photo grid you put the pictures up and just don't you don't have to check anything with me you you just do it and if you see things connecting like architecture or something like a little bit humorous that connects between pictures um just go for it like you sort of curate as you go along and if there's something I want slightly altering and we'll kind of do it and look at it together so I feel like when you find people that you work with regularly um they know the way you think and I, I feel like that as well when I if I ever do like assistant directing if you kind of know how the director thinks I can kind of park my taste at the side and I can just focus on I know what they probably want and I can kind of help them I can kind of be like a second brain and I feel like Kelsey is quite often like that for me and sometimes we'll have a conversation where we're not even saying really anything in the sentences because we're just kind of already at the end of the sentences and she knows what what I'm saying and that can be in uh you know art exhibition or it could just be what we're going to eat that night <laughs> so oh I think it's very endearing you know that you both 
complement and work well um, with e- with each other. You you know you work so well together, and there's also that kind of emotional support that you're both providing to each other. You know, with uh, Kelsey sort of really um, buying into your vision and you know giving her hundred percent as well, and then the fact that you can kind of mirror that and sort of really see the effort that she's putting in to support you and likewise you know it's so wonderful to see and then that kind of results in a successful say exhibition or the idea developing further where also you have discussions like you said you know that you might have complementary ideas so it's really it's really wonderful to see you know from a creative perspective as well um and and you've achieved quite quite a great deal as well, Paul. You've also published two very interesting books. Um, please, could you tell us more about them? Yes. Yeah, so the the first book is the first in a series, um, and it's it's quite a personal book. It's sort of partly a memoir, partly. I was trying to think about this earlier. I, I, it's a Partly memoir, but partly like a narrative. But I would kind of say it's a um, what's the word? A unreliable narrator as well. So I'll sort of it is true, but I'm kind of playing with a slight narrative as well, and I'm sort of talking about dreams, and it kind of almost like it's going in and out of consciousness, maybe. Perhaps that's the best way to describe it. Um, and then the second book uh, called Strange Space that's the first in another series um and that's about architecture but in a way actually uh, and hence the title strange space it's actually kind of coming out of my thinking about architecture and space in a very kind of literal way like you just look at like if you're just in a field that could any building could inhabit that field old new ugly ugly to one person ugly to another person beautiful to another person and the buildings go up the buildings go down and I feel like I just kind of find this it's so simple but we just walk past buildings every day but I find the concept is quite strange hence I must have called it strange space but uh, do do you know what I mean like like when you actually think about something so simple that we look at all the time when you actually really break it down and think about it, especially architecture, because it's where we live, it's where we die, it's where anything we do, we'll do in this building, apart from not being in a building. That's the only thing you would not do in a, in a building. And I just find the, I, you know, the concepts is just so kind of interesting. And only some people said, oh, why are you taking pictures of, you know, buildings and stuff? They're just normal buildings. I'm like, no, there's like so much in this. It's so interesting um yeah so that's I think it's incredible because this is something it's the everyday extraordinary if that kind of makes sense you know the fact that you've noticed it it's something that maybe most people when they're going by they're not seeing it for what it is and the significance that that it has and you've actually thought very deeply about the architecture in our daily lives the significant uh, significance of it and then you're kind of trying to portray it through your perspective, through your outlook, which is probably very unique, but also incredibly insightful. And I think this is what kind of drives change in the forward in the future. You know, when we start noticing the details, when you start noticing, well, you know, what's 
what is our perspective to this and you quite rightly said we spend so much of our lives in buildings you know architecture is so integral to humanity and to actually have a book about that and then kind of sort of think about it and then you know look at it from 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 a varied perspective it's it's very very interesting um and meaningful so yeah it's it, incredible absolutely incredible um kelsey now can you tell us a bit more about your day-to-day -day work and how do you manage to have that time balance, um, you know, with also being in the art film? Well, I think a, a lot of, I mean, I work full-time and it's it can be very busy. So my day-to-day -day is, you know, working, managing a, a practice and making sure clinics are running okay, patients are happy, staff are happy um and then what we were able to do is we basically took any free time we had and you know being the british summertime there aren't many days where it's sunny so Ooh, whenever, we, uh, <laughs> whenever we got the opportunity we threw the clothes on and ran to the, to the park to take the shots so it was um a lot of time on days off and things like that but um it was enjoyable it, it didn't feel like it was tiring it was it was a very enjoyable thing so it was quite nice to break up with work and and things like that so yeah because it actually was I mean not that I didn't think it'd be enjoyable but I mm. think when you enter into working with someone a family member or your wife girlfriend partner fiance there is that element where you suddenly think oh is this a good idea like what if we what if we don't what I don't know what if you don't click or what if I say some of the wrong thing or and, and also that pressure of you know shooting someone in the right kind of way or directing them in the kind of way but I, I'd actually I'd been to a documentary festival in Leicester called the uh, the real documentary festival and they had a seminar about collaboration and obviously I have collaborated and obviously with people before but this really made me think about what we were I think at the time I think I don't know if we'd started I think we just started but it really made me think about collaborating in a different kind of way that we were really it wasn't just someone helping me make film that we were really making the film together so I would ask Kelsey's opinion about something and I would say it, are you comfortable doing that like you know if you're not comfortable tell me because it will just work better if you feel comfortable for example um and it made me kind of reflect on the film I made with my little sister. And there's another film I want to make with my dad. It kind of made me reflect on how it's very kind of equal partnership. Although obviously I'm coming up with the ideas and essentially kind of writing it and editing it. It feels very equal and I kind of wanted it to be fun. And it, I was actually, not that I was surprised it was so fun, but I actually think just looking Kelsey on my left, like I actually, I was quite surprised. It really was that fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. It was very enjoyable, but worlds away from my day to day job. So it was uh, quite nice to step into something different. The only thing that wasn't fun was the last day. And we were shooting a part where Kelsey, by the magic of cinema, flies into the air and you got stung or uh, yeah. smashed by something. Reaction and my legs were horrible so my summer was spent in trousers because my legs were 
bitten and it was mm-hmm. awful. But apart from that, it was there. And it then, was, yeah, because this <laughs> yeah. was this was bad, wasn't this? Because we we had because we went to the doctors, didn't we? Because it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just like a you know a few ant bites. This was like full on like, like blisters, like big yeah. blisters, like all over your leg, like just building. It was really like we were my, like oh my, my legs swelled up and oh, it was. <laughs> so it was like a real cinema so to quote Werner Herzog a real soldier of cinema <laughs> is, 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 it, is it is it a method acting when it's when it when you have to kind of like put yourself actually in in yeah, the yeah. tissue so was it a bit of that as well Kelsey being in that environment goodness you're so brave to have actually gone through that so um Kelsey from your perspective then what what is it like? What does it feel like to be directed in a film? I mean, it was I I was it was nice. I mean, we we we've we've kind of we filmed something many years ago, a short music video for um an arts funded project. The, the, the Hildegard film. Yeah. yeah, Hildegard a few years ago when we'd been together for about a couple of years and we were out in a field in, in the, the snow. winter snow after muddy, driving three hours to <laughs> so I kind of I know how I think it works quite well with Paul because I know I know Paul and I know what he's looking for and because I'm with Paul I'm more comfortable so I you know I'm not too paranoid about how I look and how silly I might feel like I look or or things like that <laughs> um but yeah, it's just very comfortable with him and I know what he's looking for. And at the end of the day, I don't mind, you know, he is the director. I don't know what I am doing. Like I said, I am not a trained actor. So I, you need to be directed because I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, there's something actually that with you, um, when I've worked on commercials, and this isn't me directing commercials, but if I've worked on commercials or other short films, I notice the director very, very, very rarely shows an actor, an actress, um, what they look like on the screen. And I think it's because there's a sort of fear, maybe a myth, maybe it's true sometimes, but there's a sort of fear that if you see yourself on screen, you're going to say, oh, but what about this? And what about that? And you're going to feel really self-conscious. And unless you're doing something really technical, you show them. But I really think differently because I I really I was showing you, wasn't I? Like, this is what you look like. This is what the shot is. It's your head. You can't see your hands. All these kinds of things. Don't worry about this part. You know, turn this slight way. You're going to feel really awkward, but it lo- it looks correct on camera. But I feel like when you don't, I feel like when you show them, it just speeds things up so much, doesn't it? Because that's what happened. After every shot, I would have a look at it and see, and then try. Then I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I see what you mean. I see what I have to do. Okay, let's do it again. And even when we filmed a video. Uh, the Hildegard film years ago Paul had to try and get some kind of emotion from me so he would show me it's quite torturous really but he would show me videos of a a baby a baby hearing for the first time you know with like cochlear ear ear plants and it was like really emotional so he was trying to get this real emotion from it or like soldiers reuniting with their family or something it was really but he wanted to get that raw emotion and really he knows how to do that he knows how to draw that in and you know it was yeah yeah it was good it sounds very intuitive and I'm amazed at the depth, you know, and the meaning, meaningful way that you both interact. 
um, with the work that you're doing and, you know, what's being produced there. And both of you are incredibly talented and you do quite a bit um, and in different sectors as well. So how important do you think it's for society and also, you know, our normal day-to-day work culture to understand the concept of being multi-talented and having diverse interests? Um, I think I've, I have often kind of thought about this because I think you're often expected to be able to do many things, but then when you can do many things or you're interested in many things, people see it as a weakness as well, um, which is a little bit of a, a sort of dichotomy. Um, and what, what do you think, Kelsey? But equally, I think it's nice to have different, you know, something to take your brain away from something else. You know, it's nice to keep thinking about something else. And I never saw, even though, you know, we filmed for hours on a day off, I never felt tired. It felt different. It felt fresh. So it never felt like I was doing extra days or things like that. It was just nice to kind of... Yeah, it did feel it like that. To be a brain, to take a bit of a break from your day to day and do something different. and. You know, it was it was nice, nice to be in nature. Also, it was. Uh... Um, but I, going back to what you were talking about with society and and being kind of multi sort of disciplined, um, I think, yeah, I I I feel like it's quite freeing. You know, I I feel like for me, which is why I think of myself as an artist, kind of air quotes. I still find it sort of strange to kind of say, even though I've had art exhibitions. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very freeing because I think a lot of people don't do that they they stick in their sort of their one thing that they maybe do or maybe certain things they enjoy I feel like for me I think I get I get such would it be endorphins into my brain when you when I see new things when I hear new things like for the uh, museum I'm doing I've got this whole series called um, Adventures in Music and I've got you know music from like pop music from thailand and music from like pop music from africa and then classical music from africa and then music from indonesia and i i love that like i love hearing fresh stuff like i feel like indiana jones you know going into a charity shop looking through the cds and things and it sort of i think it kind of connects to what you were saying about sort of multi-disciplined or or sort of multi-talented like as you said um a lot of people sort of stay in what they're doing and I think I really love to encourage people to branch out of what they're doing or branch out of their tastes um and what they're used to whether it's food or it's music or it's films or the way they socialize or things like that and I feel like you learn so much by um doing that and you kind of it enriches you as well incredible insights you know I really love it to hear Kelsey you know you talk about it kind of being a fresh experience and Paul you kind of talked about that freedom and I think I think personally I agree with you both very much on this because I think sometimes there's an expectation that you've just got to stick in the box or you've just got to be the specialist in what you're doing I think with humans we have a diversity of humanity even with the way our brains are you know whether we're neurodivergent whether we're neurotypical I think everybody has a right to be multi-talented if this is the path that they choose and I think 
And I think societally, just encouraging that culture that it's it's all right to be able to work in depth on different projects, on different specialisms, and equally be able to excel in them. And and it depends on the individual, like Kelsey mentioned, you know, for her, she finds it refreshing. Paul, you find it as freedom. Um, I myself, you know, when I'm working, I say the different hats that, that I have on, you know, whether that's through the Odyssey Global Media, whether that's me working through education or through the arts, it really adds meaning. It really adds clarity. And it's, it's, I think it's about pursuing your passion and what you love because once you follow your dreams and you do what you love, you are able to excel at it. And if we kind of contain ourselves and think, oh, well, it's not so sensible to do this because I've got to just focus on this and that's all I'm allowed to focus on, I think we start to put limitations on ourselves, we start to put limitations in society, and then that has ramifications for our communities and the wider global international um, community that we're all part of. So I think just having this culture of allowing people the space to be able to excel in a multidisciplinary way um, really, really makes a difference. And I think both of you are really good examples of sort of um, of of showing that in practice as well. So thank you for that. So Paul, you have a virtual museum. Can you tell us about the background and what is your vision for the museum? So I think how this came about. I mean, I I've been collecting things for a long time and mainly ephemera, packaging, um physical media but I think you know what was coming into my mind because I've been around a lot of heritage things and I've even lived on a heritage site like what is heritage or what is a museum and what is canon um and I think I wanted to challenge that in my own way and present that um and it's it, at the moment it's still in development it kind of lives in my folder and then i've been kind of making sort of beta pages and things like that and then talking a little bit about it online as i buy things or find things because i think it's also about discovery um like i i think maybe uh with the right word be homogenized like shops and things like that at the moment they're so it's not like things used to be and i feel like when i go and say like a charity shop i can find things I can sort of search again. I sort of feel like Indiana Jones, you know, looking through the vinyls or the CDs or the old toys or the old books. Um, you know, I found a book the other day that was all these old pubs um, in England. And I thought, well, I have to get that because that's like this document of these pubs that have probably disappeared. Um, and But the the museum itself is in concept. It kind of keeps growing and growing, not necessarily in size, but just in what I might put in there and I'm trying to keep it um you know I'm trying to think you know what would a what would a real museum be able to do and a real museum would be able to have exhibitions installations it might invite artists to show their work it would have um rooms showing different things so I want to kind of keep that concept um of a real museum and present that in a digital form 
Um, but actually, the ironic thing is, is actually the first thing that I did was a, a sort of a Saturday heritage fair, which takes part in Leicester, um, which takes place in Leicester, sorry. Um, and that's actually a physical thing. It was basically like a pop-up museum that I did and, and purposely said, this is in development. This is not finished. You know, sort of, what do you think this is? What do you think I'm doing? And actually ask people to give me their sort of, um, I don't really like the word feedback, but give me their sort of opinions on it and conversations about it. And I got into these great conversations with people. Some people said, oh, look, look at all this crap. You know, <laughs> I thought, oh, thanks. And then some people came and said, oh, this is amazing. Oh, I've got so many things like this. Oh, I didn't know someone would care about them. Oh, let me take your email. And, you know, it's the same with the night mission. You just get, you get the whole spectrum of, of what people think. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where it is at the moment. But I've also started to think about putting things in it, like self-care rooms and stuff. You know, we were talking earlier about that kind of thing. I feel like I've learned so much about, I mean, it's a bit of a, a kind of catchy word, but it's a great thing, like mindfulness and um, other methods of concentration and all kinds of stuff. And I kind of want this museum to really encapsulate all these kind of different things um and i still want to stay true to what i originally set out to do and include in it but i feel like like any museum it can kind of evolve and have different sections and places and, and have this sort of digital architecture if you like wow it's um it's amazing you know the amount of work the amount of thought and again the depth and the meaning that you put into sort of synthesizing this and um, I noticed you also work with artificial intelligence AI. Um, how are you utilizing AI into your work? Well, originally, I I, I was thinking I wanted um, I wanted an illustrator or illustrators, and I thought because I was thinking of having a um, a map that would show you around this to try and make the digital virtual museum feel like a real museum, you know. Um, and then I thought, hey, I wonder, I just, it just occurred to me, I wonder if I could find an AI illustration tool. And I found something called uh, GenCraft. And I just started creating pictures and things that sort of tonally sort of explained or visualized something quite unreal, uncanny that I want this the, I want the museum which I'm calling it vortex now that I want it to encapsulate um and then through that I ended up creating like sort of robots and monsters and these other things that then started making me think well actually these could be exhibitions narratives of their own accord not a book or or, or a physical exhibition but they could actually be an exhibition inside this museum as well um but it really is amazing like what you can do with ai and you, it's just it's only as um it's only what would be the word uh it's only kind of as big as you know you can you can make it you know so anything you can think you can you know but it's just like you're talking to this genius who's not quite listening <laughs> so you'll say oh i imagine this and imagine that and then it comes back and you think well that's not quite what i thought it would look like but it looks amazing <laughs> And I, for some reason with this, I was thinking, you know, so I had there's one where I've got like a child reading a book. He's surrounded by computers and laptops and he's in this sort of swirling whirlpool of of like computers and mechanics and, and things like this. Um, and I'm just trying to sort of 
almost myself like visualize the this museum like what, what would it look like if it was a sort of surreal painting or something um that's kind of where i started um, but you just find yourself going off in these kind of tangents and and different ideas in some ways it, obviously it's amazing but in other ways it's almost so limitless um you find yourself thinking right i need to actually really concentrate on what i'm actually thinking about here Absolutely. And it's just, um, it's so interesting that, you know, you've sort of worked with the emerging sort of technology, um, AI, which is at the forefront to sort of really make it work and kind of drive, drive your vision forward. Um, now, this question is for both of you. Uh, Kelsey, I'll start with you. What are your hopes for the future? Oh, wow. I think that's quite a, <laughs> that's quite a big question. Um... Oh. I think we'll probably make more films. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, we, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I would necessarily, I mean, unless, um, you know, Avoid that field, if, unless Steven Spielberg picks up the phone and wants me to star in his next film, I think, I, you know, I will be... I haven't replied to his emails. <laughs> I blocked his calls. I will, yeah, I think the future is, uh, futures, sorry, Anna, that's quite a big... um question I can't it, it, it's so it's just <laughs> such a uh a, a broad question you know just, just out there you can make it specific you could whatever you'd like to kind of maybe touch based on whether that's uh, I mean, us, your I mean, passion yeah but I mean us the personal you know we would we want to get married we want to have kids and you know we want to have have that dream we want to you know Paul Paul to have fantastic work and be really successful in that in that field and he is at the moment but you know success grows and that's what we would that would my hopes for him my job I mean I'm very content with my job I've way exceeded anything that I would have done when I was 15 so I'm very content with my work um but I think it's the personal side really that just the cherry on the top I think I think for me yeah I mean I pretty much pretty much would agree with what Kelsey said and um I think if I was thinking of the museum say specifically do I think of it having a physical space I think maybe I do probably because our flat is not quite containing everything at the moment <laughs> <laughs> but for practical reasons um but I would love I mean I would love to have a physical space that was the museum it was a studio. It was a place where people can um, meditate, can be mentored. You know, actually, I wrote something down to myself earlier. I said, you know, if you can help someone and mentor someone else, you should. And when you see someone who's more knowledgeable or whatever it was successful in some manner, you should learn from them. And I feel like that kind of give and take um, and that kind of back and forth that'd be something I would want to champion, you know, if I had the the resources and, and the space, and it would be great to have a place that, that did that. And also it could have exhibitions and, and all kinds of stuff, things for charities. And yeah, I suppose that would be, because I'm not a very, I'm not a very sort of, oh, this is my dream kind of thing, because I, I feel like, and I feel like me and Kelsey are both very, we're always very content, even if things aren't always perfect, you know, in your life, we're so content, you almost, 
don't dream of things. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't care. I don't have like a massive house. No, I don't care. Why would I care? But I think if I was to think about it, that would probably be a, a dream of mine. Yeah.